0: Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank that brings you market views and insights on the go. Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights. My name is Marco Iacchini, and I'm a cross asset strategist from the CIO team. On today's episode of the podcast, we'll discuss what to expect from the coming week, where to a strong degree, the Fed will be expected to announce its tapering plans, and during which we'll also see Germans go to the polls for their federal election. Joining me today for this conversation, I'm glad to welcome back Manpreet Gill, Head of Fixed Income, Currencies and Commodities. Without further ado, let's start today's conversation. It is going to be an eventful week for investors. As I mentioned in the intro, first comes the 22nd September FOMC policy meeting and then the German federal election on the 26th. Manpreet, what are some of the factors you think investors need to watch closely?
1: Hi, Marco. Um, indeed, it's uh, shaping up to, to be quite an eventful week ahead. Um, and there are, like you said, I think the Fed and the German elections are two events we're, we're quite focused on. Uh, maybe starting with the Fed first, I think there are two areas uh, that we would sort of have a have a specific focus on from a market perspective. First, like you mentioned, uh, it's about tapering, um, you know, specifically the timing of the start of any taper and, of course, the, the pace at which the tapering of those bond purchases occur but arguably from a market perspective, we're, you know, less concerned about what impact that might have. I mean, tapering has now been discussed to quite a level of detail over the past few weeks. Um, And, you know, unless we get a significant surprise from consensus expectations, the market impact is likely to be quite low. Instead, we think, you know, the the focus should be on implications um, on the path of future interest rate hikes. And that might seem quite far away. I mean, markets are, you know, currently looking for the first rate hike only in 2023. But, you know, together with you know, the implication from memory taper timing, uh, but also we, from any updated dot plot, um, if we see any shifts in those future, you know, uh, rate hike timing, whether, you know, the timing that first rate hike is brought forward to the tail end of 2022, or if there's a shift in the pay expected pace going into 2024, we think that, you know, could have more of an impact on financial markets through the through the channel of bond yields. So, that's something we we it's something we'd keep quite a tight focus on uh, because we the implication markets are most significant there particularly when uh, you know positioning in US treasury bond yields uh, is quite one side at the moment in in favor of a dovish view on yields so that's on the fed german elections like you said are of course the other key event uh, for next week which is scheduled for next weekend um, there are many potential combinations out there from a coalition perspective. But for markets, I think the key is the implication for fiscal policy. Um, I think most combinations are uh, like we positive fiscal policy. It's really a matter of degree, depending on, on the political coalition. So uh, that's what we are focused on of the elections. Uh, and we think the greater the fiscal stimulus, the more positive the outcome, uh, not only for European assets, but you know, the euro currency as well.
0: Okay, and so how should investors, equity or bond investors, position to take advantage or, or perhaps hedge uh, such cat- catalysts in this week? Well,
1: for us, the the common thread really is U.S. Uh, treasury yields. So, like I discussed, you know, that's where you know we may get a trigger from the Fed that starts a renewed grind higher in in ten-year bond yields. I mean, recall that on, on a twelve-month horizon, we do expect ten-year uh, yields to be uh, modestly higher, um, and. You know, the implication is a little bit different for equity and bond markets. I think from equities, recall that higher bond yields are consistent with value-style equity outperformance. So that's something which, which could resume uh, should we get, uh, you know, treasury yields being triggered um, triggered higher uh, after the Fed, regardless of whether there's some tapering, of course, or from, you know, interest rate expectations. Um, and you can implement that in a couple of ways. Uh, I mean, from a sector perspective, a lot of our preferred sectors like financials and energy uh, should benefit from a value-style outperformance. But equally from a country perspective where, you know, regions like the U- Europe or the UK do have quite a heavy tilt towards value-style sectors. So for equity markets, we think that may be the most interesting implication, particularly from the Fed from the bond market perspective uh, we think it's about you know limiting um, bond yields and sensitivity to rising bond yields so of our three preferred you know bond asset classes um, asia dollar bonds and uh, us and european high yield bonds uh, both of those tend to be relatively less sensitive to to shifts in treasury bond yields and more so to you know developments in the credit quality uh, of the underlying assets so uh, those are two the two out of our three preferred assets that we have a disproportionate focus on um, of course valuations are you know, if anything, more important, uh, given the focus on credit. Um, And look, admittedly, in the US and Europe, particularly in the US, uh, valuations based on credit spreads uh, are not cheap. But actually, when you look back through history, that's not unusual. And, you know, US high yield spreads can become increasingly expensive going right through to the end of the cycle uh, as long as there isn't a significant surprise uh, from from a credit perspective. So so that's, we think, a mitigant. Asia, of course, at the opposite end of the spectrum where concerns in Asian high yield, particularly in the property sector, have led credit spread-based valuations to blow out and become quite inexpensive. Uh, But again, not to downplay the concerns, but given where prices are today, uh, a pretty high you know, chance of default uh, seems to already be in the price. So unless we get a significant surprise in the form of a disorderly default, uh, we do believe that, you know, current valuations offer an attractive entry point.
0: Thank you, Mapreet. That was uh, quite a comprehensive overview. Now, last to finish off the podcast. After, uh, you know, an unusual lull in August, oil price jumped due to climate events, but at the same time as uh, inventories continue to dip. Uh, Where do you see the oil price rally uh, going forward?
1: We're still uh, modestly constructive on oil prices. So, uh, like you said, I think the, the recent rally in, in, uh, over the past couple of weeks um, has been driven by not only the dip in inventories, but we also saw OPEC upgrade its oil demand forecasts, uh, with most of the upgrade being driven by Chinese demand in particular, which is not surprising given our view that you know, the economic recovery uh, is likely to, to extend. Uh, so, from a demand perspective, that's positive. Um, but we think there are you know, a couple of uh, factors why this uh, the constructive outlook extent i think one is you know if anything we think that demand outlook could could improve um but second is particularly going into the winter we're seeing pressure on many other traditional energy sources like natural gas so the substitution effect uh could provide a boost you know uh, from a seasonal perspective as well um now having said that we do believe there is a a bit of a supply cap on oil prices um so uh, when you think about whether it's OPEC supply or or of course um you know, U.S. shale oil supply, as prices rise, we do think supply will also respond to catch up. So again, outside of short-lived spikes, we still expect WTI oil prices to be contained uh, you know, just below $80 when you're looking out over a six to 12-month horizon. So a constructive outlook, albeit a relatively modest one.
0: Fantastic. Well, thanks again, Manpreet, for joining our conversation today. Uh, that is all for this episode of Standard Charter Money Insights. If you would like to learn more or read our publications, please visit our website at sc.com under Latest Market Insights. As a reminder, if you enjoyed our discussion, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank. For more details on the latest market insights, subscribe
1: to Standard Chartered Money Insights.